today changes my whole entire life. Welcome to Gritability, a podcast about the power of perseverance, overcoming seemingly insurmountable odds to attain the life of your dreams. I'm your podcast host, Adam Clausen, and with me in the studio today is the beautiful and ever-radiant Ro Clausen. Hello. Oh my God, I'm so excited for this episode. I feel like a little <laughs> seventh grade girl, one of my besties in the whole entire world is here with us. Yes, very excited to have with us a very, very special guest today, and I'm going to let you do the introductions and open things up today. Sure. This is my sister, not even my friend. This is my sister. We've been friends for, God, 10, 15 years. I have no idea at this point, but it is the beautiful and ever-radiant <laughs> Cat Jewels. Hi, guys. I'm so like in awe right now. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> this is like, uh, I can't even say. I, there are no words. I'm so in awe of both of you and to be in the studio after watching you guys podcast after podcast after podcast. And thank you for such a great introduction. Oh my God, of course. So Kat came all the way to Las Vegas with her hubby and a couple of very, very close friends all the way from freezing Buffalo, New York. Oh, good choice. Yeah. yeah. This is definitely the place to be, especially in wintertime, right? Yeah. It is, although yeah. it is a little colder than <laughs> I would have liked. I agree. <laughs> hey, we were lied to. They told us it didn't get below 70 here, and uh, we believed it, and... But hey, there's no snow, so that's, that's right. all yes. good. That's right. So Kat, we met, I don't know, the years all blur together, but through Strong Prism Lives. So what happened was um, my honey had uh, gone away and um, about, I don't know, probably a couple months after he went away, he got into a little bit of a tift and uh, I got this mysterious phone call from some guy saying, hey, he's in the hole and he's going to be mm. there for quite some time. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like my birthday, Christmas, all the holidays. And mm. um, I went online and I found this YouTube page of this timid girl, woman, and she was making like eggs in the hotel and talking about visits. And I just looked at her and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like I can relate to this girl, this woman, because everything that I had found online was just not me. It just, you know, I, I was in a, in a corner because I couldn't talk about it to really anybody. And the people that we grew up with wanted nothing to do with me, couldn't even believe that I was even taking this chance because um, Mr. S and I have known each other since I was 14 years old. Um, wow. Yeah. And um, I had to take this chance with him because I had rejected him, I don't know, twice before. <laughs> and I said, I have to do this. Like, I would did a reading in their wedding. I did her hair the day of the wedding. He was Wait, going... a reading in whose wedding? Mr. S. Yeah, oh, you didn't know this? No, no, no. I know this. Oh, got it. But okay. I know everybody else doesn't know yeah. this. So to kind of give a little context here, you were in... 
I did a reading in Mr. S and his ex-wife's wedding, and I did her hair the day of the wedding. But just to wow. clarify, there was nothing funny going on, like no. behind the scenes. It was you were just best friends, right? What, yeah. So what had happened was, um, we met, and um, I was going through something with somebody else, and we remained friends. Down the line, we became friends with benefits. Never dated. <clears throat> ever and um I kind of walked away when I was I did walk away when I was 21 years old I had come down with this autoimmune disease thought I wasn't you know I had a 50 50 chance mm. that I was going to live and I said I, I just I can't <coughs> and he had met his ex-wife and um he actually went away while she was pregnant with their son I took care of her because she is deaf um, I took her to the prison. I brought her on visits. Wow. And after he got out, I said, you know, this is your life. I, you know, I just want to, you know, I can't. And that was it. We just stayed friends. And then he called me probably about 15, 16 years ago and told me she wanted a divorce. And I literally had cried. And I was just like, oh, my God. And then things snowballed, and he went away. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a heck of a background story. Yeah, yeah, we dated for six months, and then he went away for four years. Oh, so four years. How do you how do you hold on? Because that's always the question that comes up, right? Four years is a long time to wait for someone, especially you guys were on and off. How do you finally decide, like, okay, this is it? Well. I basically had just said to myself, Kath, like, we had a lot of history. Our parents had grown up together. Our families knew each other. Um, people thought that we looked like sister and brother, like, literally. And I said to myself, this came in my path for a reason. And I have to go, we as a couple need to go through this journey to get where we are right now and I look now back and I say wow I can't even imagine like I didn't even think that our life would be as incredible as as beautiful as it is like you guys I you know we we're traveling the our my bonus kids are amazing don't like the word step sorry no, I love um, bonus kids yeah 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 um and I just felt this is the journey that we need to go through to to get where we need to be and that's just what I kept telling myself for those four years. This is what we need to go through to get through, to get where we want to go, to get to the ultimate goal. So it was during those four years that you stumbled on YouTube, and that's when you guys first connected? Right. Is that right? Well, Strong Prison Wives was the blog website at that time. That's how old, that's how long ago yeah. we met. She was wow. still, yeah. yeah, she was still attached to the co-founder. Yeah. And um, I had followed them through and then um, her co-founder had, her husband had came home. She had had the preemie baby and then she had started the other website. And um, I believe a little bit while she, she, we became friends. We just started talking back and forth and back and forth. And then we started finding all these similarities in our backgrounds, like, and that's why I had connected to her because 
she had grown up in this Italian family, you know, with the Catholicism background. She had this professional job. She couldn't talk about it. And she was teaching me um, how to become like work and keep, you know, write your own script. And because I work for this, I work for the state. So how is it that, you know, here's this man that I love and adore, want to spend the rest of my life with, you know, I'm on the opposite side of it. You know, I work for the state and he's in the state, you know, he's in the state (laughs) system and it was crazy. Complicated. Right. It was very complicated. And we just had a lot of the same similarities in the way that we were raised. You know, we were raised very old school. Yes, please, Mr. You know, what's right, what's wrong. And um, I, I became a volunteer, and I went on the journey, and I just kept telling her, we're, we're going to get Adam home. We're going to get Adam home. I said it a million times, and here you are. Well, you helped talk it into existence. And although, like, my sense of time and events and kind of how things transpired over the last 15, 20 years is a little hazy as well, but I do remember the early days and I do recall, you know, constantly Rose saying, well, cat, well, cat, well, cat's here. And you being one of the people who she trusted, who she felt comfortable enough to share some of those other things that, as you said, coming from the background that you come from and just knowing like professionally, personally, how difficult that is not being able to open up and share, you know, a a substantial part of your life with the other people, you know, in every other aspect, man, that's a, that's a heavy weight to carry and to have someone who you can then connect with and be able to share and build a bond with. I have to tell you um, how much it means to me because I have always known what a supporter you were, and I have always appreciated you for what you have done for Roe and what you've done for our family. Because without that support, there were some really, really challenging times, and we've talked about some of those on here, (laughs) but we can talk about them all we want. Having to actually live through those, the ups and the downs, and the normal challenges of, of prison wife life and what that is, um, you guys understand it better than anybody else. And I am so grateful to you for having always been there for her and for us and continuing to be there because I'll post something first thing in the morning and I'm not really good about posting, but I'll post something and immediately I see you repost or respond and I'm like, damn, how did she get that so You'll quick? Go, Cats on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I have to let you know how much I appreciate that. Genuinely appreciate that and all that you do, all that you've done for our family. So thank you. You're very welcome. And you guys have done so much for us. I I can't even tell you. You know, I I remember when he was away and he would just he would talk about strong prison wives while he was in and he would just keep saying like I'm so happy you have that support you have these people to go to and talk about it and it's it's been it's been so amazing you guys and what you have done in three and a half years 
can I just say, is blown my mind. Mm-hmm. The both of you. Thank you. The both of you. Thank you. And I always believed what happened to you was just ridiculous. Like, your time sentence was just ridiculous. And I knew you were coming home. I said it. I remember that day when she thought you were coming home. <laughs> she had called me, and she was like, he's coming home. And I was like, Yes. And then she called me and she goes, no, he's not. And I'm like, what? I was like, I'm done, Kat. I'm done. She was. She was, eh. And She's I like, said, honey. And I was like, you know what? I, I, no, this isn't it. It's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I remember the day she got the call and I was like, that's it. Just throw everything in the car. Just go. <laughs> Just go. Just go get him. Because <laughs> you're so good at, and this is a lesson for everyone to learn in the moment, you let me feel and the people that you help feel the way they need to feel. But then you're like, maybe it just wasn't meant to happen today. It's going to happen. It will happen. But just today wasn't the right day. No. Nope. But you'll let me feel my feelings yep. and feel validated. And I always needed that. And you know how much I appreciate you. I'm not going to say much more because I don't want to cry. I know. I agree. <laughs> don't make me cry. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, uh, it's been quite the journey. It's been quite the journey. Mm-hmm. So, well, let me ask you this. Outside of, you know, the relationship that the two of you were able to build and having strong prison wives, having that community, what were some of the other things that allowed you and Mr. S to successfully navigate four years? Because four years is a long time. Like, distance relationships, like, generally don't survive a couple months. You figured out how to make it work over four years and to come out the other side. You guys have an amazing life now and we'll get to that. But how did you figure out how to do that during that time? Cause it's, there's a lot of challenges. I took it one day at a time. That's really all I can say. I mean, uh, you know, I just, uh, I knew that I, I just kept telling myself, we have to go through this. Um, he had a plan he knew what he wanted, and um, I tried my best to keep what he had, which was really hard. I mean, I was managing my job. I was doing his rental properties. He needed things for the kids. I was taking care, you know, doing what I could for the kids because I had to, I had that, you know, I had to keep up, you know, the, she didn't like me. She thought everything was my fault. And I just kept the faith like we always try to do and just take it one day at a time. And him having a plan kind of helped. Kind of helped? Yeah, because we didn't, because he had to start over. Yeah. And we didn't know where. But you knew that going in, that there was going to be a need for a fresh start coming out. Great opportunity to, to do things different. Right. Right. I just didn't know what, we didn't know what he was going to do. And then finally he figured out what he was going to do. And it was so helpful because he's so well-rounded. He knows so many things. And he was in the white-collar world before, and I just didn't know if he could go into hard manual, you know, workforce, trade work again. You know what I mean? Because we're a little older than you guys, so... I just I can't tell. I try. Look 25. I hate Thank you. you. If but, I don't love you so much, I'd hate you. 
Yeah, but you're not too bad yourself. And you don't even get me started. <laughs> this is why we keep you around. All right, then. Um, but I just, I just, I worried about that. But I knew as soon as he got home, he was going to do what he had to do. And he did. And he still does. And I love him. You know, I love him for it. He's just an amazing, amazing human being. And again, I all I keep saying to myself is I'm lucky to be here because I was on that altar that day that he got married. Mm. So, so that's what gives me the fire. It's so true. And I have to say something that you said earlier when you were like, you know, there was a lot going on when he was inside. There was so much going on. I mean, you had two very, very sick parents that you're mm. trying to take care of. Mm. You had your job. You had everything you were trying to manage. You had so many, you know, plates in the air spinning all at the same time. And you're so hard on yourself like we all are to make everything perfect. But you handled it with so much grace and so much class. And you did the best you can. And I think you were the best that I've ever seen do it, honestly. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I actually lost my father while he was gone. Yeah. Mm. But I, I said to myself, I'm kind of happy he wasn't home when that happened because that was rough. Yeah. It was real rough. It, it was just bad. And I thought everything is meant to be, everything happens for a reason. And that's what I keep telling myself. I'm a firm believer in that. Mm -hmm. And when you live with that you know, mindset, it's amazing how things do line up. But it's also important to point out you know, you have to be willing to do the work right. and having that plan. I mean, I'm constantly, every opportunity that I get to speak to individuals who are still incarcerated and their loved ones, I can't stress enough. I'm like, make sure you have a plan. Don't think that you're going to like get out right. and hey, everything is just going to be great. And suddenly, you know, like the sun will come out and I'll be able to figure it all out and life's going to be great. Listen, I am, I've been accused of being, uh, uh, po uh, Pollyanna. Pollyanna. Thank you. Mm -hmm. See, she knows it's been mentioned so many times and that's not realistic. Like I'm a pragmatic optimist. I'm always grounded in reality, but I choose to be optimistic. I choose to believe in the best possible outcome, but I'm also willing, I am willing to do whatever work is necessary to get to that outcome. And I don't think most people are willing to map out that plan and then do the work. And clearly you guys together did that. You had a plan and it wasn't by any means easy. It sounds like, you know, sometimes it takes a little duct tape. You gotta just hold it together and get through, but you made it through, you got to the other side and you've been rewarded with a pretty amazing life. Yeah, I look back and go, wow, like I can't believe where we started and where we are now. But, you know, I think that's why we all get along is because we still believe you need to do that work. You know what I mean? And I yeah. think a lot of people out there think, oh, I'm just going to sit on my airy dare and let it come to me. And it's, well, it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of society believes that everything has to be perfect and they don't understand that you need the bad to get the good. You have to go through all that to get, it can't always be good. It's gotta be, there's gotta be some sort of a balance there. And if it was always good, we wouldn't appreciate exactly right exactly. how good we have it. I firmly believe that we all enjoy life much, much more because of where we've been, exactly. what we've gone through. 
Like it just makes everything sweeter. I'm gonna share something. I was on the phone today um, with a gentleman who just got out in South Dakota. He actually got out earlier, November 9th. So kind of the background here is he's been calling, he needs insurance. Part of what I do through our organization is help facilitate that, make the connection. So the guy's, he's got my number, he's continuing to call. So I call him up and I catch him and he's just like low energy. I can feel that he's down. And I'm like, man, so, so what's going on here? You know, uh, what's your name? Let me put it in. Let me pull this up. And hey, man, you know, how long ago did you get home? And I'm seeing on here, it says future applicant. Like, what happened? Did you get out early? Because he's just kind of like, yeah, you know, every, it's okay. I'm, I'm all right. He's like, I got out November 9th. I'm like, well, congratulations, man. I'm happy you're home. I'm really happy for you. Like, what are you doing? He's like, you know, I'm struggling, trying to find a job. I'm in a small town and just like everything's low energy. And I'm like, so you got out November 9th. I said, but what happened? Because you were listed future applicant. Like, was the date wrong? He said, no, I got out early. I'm like, well, damn, you should really be happy. You got out early. That's great, man. I'm happy for you. So what are you doing? What can I do to help you? And we just had this conversation where like, I was giving all of the energy, all of the enthusiasm I had and trying to share how I choose to see things in a positive light. And this poor guy clearly was focused on all of the challenges. He lives in a small town. He doesn't feel like there's any opportunities. He doesn't have a driver's license. So he didn't know how he was gonna get to work and or get around town. And it was just like one thing after another. I'm like, well, hey, Remember where you just were. Remember that experience and don't lose sight of that. Like every day out here is a whole lot better than it was in there, right? And he's like, you're absolutely right. I'm like, hold on to that and, and just appreciate the opportunity that you now have. You get to do whatever you want with the rest of your life. And it might not feel like there's a lot of opportunities for you right now, but I promise you, wherever you go, if you bring that positive attitude with you, doors are going to open. And I can say that definitively because I have seen it repeated so many times. And what you've been through is a gift. You have a different resilience, a different strength that most people in the world today do not possess. They don't possess it because at the first sign of adversity, they tap out. They quit. They've, they've never truly been challenged. So for those of us who've gone through some truly challenging times, we live with a different sense of appreciation and we have a different drive, a different commitment to follow through on the things that we say that we're going to do. And honestly, that makes life so much more enjoyable when you live in, in that mm -hmm. mindset and you know with that level of appreciation on a daily basis. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So you guys have a pretty great life now. And, and I'm going to say probably one of the highlights is getting to come out to Vegas. This isn't the first time you've been here. Nope. Two this... years ago. Two yeah. years ago we were here. Wow. It was two years? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. See, that's what I'm saying. My sense of time is, <laughs> is a little warped. It doesn't feel like it's been that long. Yeah. But it's so great that you are back out here again. And I know that you guys, I see your Instagram. I see that you are truly living life to the fullest and enjoying it. And, and that's what you invested in. Yeah. And I want to ask this too, because a lot of times we talk about 
the trauma that comes after prison. And I think on both ends, right? Because I think I have some issues that I deal with after going through what we went through together. And we always talk about the couples that unfortunately didn't make it afterwards. And sometimes mm. we name, you know, well, these people succeeded and these people succeeded. And that list is dwindling. It is. So, how, but you're the success story. You know, we talk about you guys in our list of people that are working. And I think SPWF, like our group, I think it's only. I think it's just us. Just us. Right now, yeah. So what do you guys do to nurture that and to keep it, you know, to keep it going? Because we all have issues that we deal with. Yeah, give us, give us the secrets. This is what everybody wants to know. How do you make it work? Um, We tell each other the truth with everything. Mm. Um, I think because we've known each other for so long and we were friends first, Ooh. I think that really helped. Um, we've always trusted each other. Like, I, you know, I, I've been there for him for so long and he's been there for me for so long. I mean, everything with my dad, he helped me through. Um, he was home when my mom did pass away and him, he was my backbone for that. But I just think because we're both hard workers and we both did go through that four years together because we've talked about the intimacy like, you know, everybody was going, oh, I, I, I can't believe you're you're going to wait for him. You know, you're, you're not. And I'm going to tell you this. When he went away, he gave me permission. And I was like, you know, to, you know. I'll pass. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, no. you." And I'm like, no. I, I'm committed to you. I mm-hmm. told you I was going to do this, and I'm going to do this. So I think because we had those visits like you guys had said there was a whole other different intimacy that people don't even can't even touch and I think that physical thing people just really count on that and there's more to a relationship than just the physical thing now don't get me wrong it's important but I think because we had such a history and we had been through so much from before that helped us also because I was so committed. Again, I had said, I'm not supposed to be here right now, you know, because I had been in the wedding and I had seen him have children. And, you know, it was, that was hard. I mean, being in that wedding was, and I'll tell you something, there's not a lot I remember about that day. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a lot I blocked out. Wow. I get it. I get it. I'd probably do the same thing. Yeah. But I think because we had that in that those talks, those conversations, you know, you there's conversations that you have in the visit rooms that you probably didn't have if you didn't have that. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And and I think we just talked about this recently. I I credit our communication as being the reason we were able to successfully navigate all of those years but then also smoothly transition into this life and continue to because of the same thing that you said, being having those honest, truthful conversations with one another. I don't think most people, unfortunately, do that today, right? right? And I realized very early and, and, and quickly in our exchanges that I was learning things about Roe via our email exchanges 
that I didn't know about my previous partners, right? Like I'd never taken the time because the physical aspect like became the filler for that, right? And the conversations just weren't there, right? We didn't really truly communicate. And I'll add to that, I can't tell you how many people while I was in prison, when I would go out to visit, especially like initially when you were coming up, when I was closer and she was coming up pretty much every weekend, they're like, what do you guys talk about? You're out there all day and she's always up here. Like, don't you get bored? What do you guys do? You play cards? I'm like, no. I was like, I have never, not for a second, been bored. I was like, there is like, I can't get enough time with her. Like, that's how I know I'm with the right person. And that's how I know that like, this relationship's working because there's never a dull moment. Not to be confused, there were moments of silence and we could appreciate and be comfortable in that silence with one another, which is important as well. But it was never a dull moment. Yeah, I agree. Well said. Very well said. Yeah. So those communication, like you said, and being honest and open, I think... Having a relationship, navigating these experiences, um, (laughs) I'm not suggesting anyone put your relationship through that test (laughs) because as we pointed out, not many relationships survive it. It's a lot. It's a lot to navigate. But when you do make it through, it's definitely worth it on the other side. I mean, we're living examples of that. Unfortunately, um, most don't survive, right? And that's why I always think it's important for us to take some time and highlight, and not just for other people who you know are, are in similar relationships, someone's incarcerated, they have a loved one, but I'm saying just people in general, right now, most relationships are just so dysfunctional. Like it's commonplace for people to say, well, there's, you know, I'm on marriage number three and it just didn't work out. Um, like, I'm like, that's, that's not a good thing. You don't just give up. You know what I mean? Like you should. Okay. If it doesn't work out the first time, well, let's figure it out and make sure that the next one does work and just not keep repeating those same mistakes. So I think that there's a lot of lessons that, you know, average people, people that aren't going through the prison aspect of it can hopefully take away and and incorporate into their relationships. Well, relationships are work. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, isn't the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over mm-hmm. again, thinking you're going to get a different result? Mm-hmm. Well put. And so well put. One of my other favorite um, quotes, questions is, you know, when you ask someone, how much, you know, of the relationship are you responsible for? Like, how much should you invest into the relationship? And most people will come back with, well, 50%. It's half you, it's half me. No, it's not going to work unless you're putting everything of yourself 100% and 100%. Like, that's going to be a relationship that truly, you know, has longevity because you're both fully invested, right? Like, that's what you need in in order to make it work long term. And you give 100%. I've seen you like, I'm going to go to Whole Foods because he likes this. And then I'm going to go across <laughs> town and go get this. And I'm going to make him sauce because that's what he likes. And I've seen you do 100. And, and not just with and the food you stuff. you do it too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, 
You guys uh, yeah. both amazing. But like, do you remember when we would go get packages, or I'd go get uh-huh. the packages, and yep. there was that episode of Mob Wives, and uh-huh. she'd go, I went to like three different stores, and I go, Ro, that's like me. I'm going to like five different stores to get <laughs> the stuff that he needs. Like, it was. Just, or I remember the one time you had this sweatshirt made for me. Uh huh. And I had the Mrs. B on the back. Love it. And I walked in. I know the sweatshirt. I walked into the prison and he was blown away and the the guards all looked at me like, what? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, that's my girl. <laughs> like, look, she knows. <laughs> like walking around with Mrs. B all over the place. <laughs> they were like, no, she's really committed. <laughs> and, and that's it. It's, you know, in situations like this, you have to get creative within your relationship and figure out novel ways to show how much you love and appreciate one another. And that goes for both sides. It goes for you, you know, putting together packages, putting together a shirt. Remember like, when I put your face all over my socks? Maybe don't do that one because I think you were weirded out. Remember when I did the socks? I have the socks with you. You have the socks? I have the socks too. With I, it. He hates them. Okay. He hates them. <laughs> hates them. He, I wanted to get the bathing suit. He goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you got his head. Yep. The paper head. I that remember. was awesome. I remember. And she Just, brought, she brought Sarah it. Sarah and I went around <laughs> in Pittsburgh. Explain this. Like, I want to make sure that everyone understands this because this was... And this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like this was next level, just going to such great lengths for a photo shoot, just to show, to make me feel like I was a part of what you were doing on the outside. Yeah, so we have a mutual friend, Sarah, and Sarah lived uh, about three hours from the facility where Adam lived. So I drove out to visit Adam one weekend, and then I just kept driving to go hang out with Sarah. And we went around Pittsburgh with these, do you remember what they're called? Like, I want to say face and hole, but that's not it. Big heads, No, I forgot what they were called. (laughs) You can find them online, but it's like, they make them for sports teams and that kind of stuff. And it's this huge cardboard picture of... I had Adam and she had her husband at the time (laughs) and they're on this big stick and we just brought them like to Dunkin' Donuts and we sat them and they had coffee and we were taking pictures of everything. Did you bring them to the concert too? Yeah, I think so. We went to To uh, New Kids on the Block block because we're old. (laughs) (laughs) And they came to the concert, very close. Came to the concert, you guys went on the train, like it was just, we had a lot of fun. You had a seated, you know, at, at seats at the table with you. It was awesome. We it was might be one losing the, listeners at this point. No, it was one of the. It was one of the coolest. Yeah, how old are they? It was one of the coolest gifts ever, because you took the time. Like clearly, there was some preparation, some thought that went into this to make sure that we felt like we were there to then take the pictures. And yes, when you're in prison, you have to then actually get a company to print the pictures to send them in. Like, there's a whole process. This isn't like nowadays, like, I just snap a picture and I send it to you. Like, you had to literally, like, do some things and make some investments to get this done. And when I got them, I was blown away. I was like, oh, man, look at this. And I showed everybody. I'm like, check this out. I was like, I was in Pittsburgh this weekend, man. <laughs> he might be back there rethinking the bathing suit. Like, Oh, yeah. maybe I should let her do it. <laughs> I'm He's like, say- that's a lot of me. <laughs> He's like, don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the bathing suit uh, thing. <laughs> I might wanna I don't know, that might be a little bit much. But 
listen, that was awesome. And it just speaks to both of you, how amazing you are and how lucky us guys are, you know, to have two such extraordinary women. Um, and really the reason why we have these extraordinary lives. And I'm so happy that we got to spend this time together today and that it's not over. We're just getting started. So the podcast was just the start of our time together. So we're about to get out of here, but we have other plans. We got to go pick up the boss though. Yeah, we got to get the boss. Yeah. Little, I got to see the boss. I got to see my little CJ. Your little namesake. Yes. My namesake. So the CEO is waiting on us and we have dinner reservations. So unfortunately, y'all can't join us for that. But we will be back here next week with another episode of Gridability, the power of perseverance, overcoming seemingly insurmountable odds to attain the life of your dreams. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Adam signing off. And I'm Ro. And we'll see you back here on the next episode. Shh.